Welcome to Kraken This Morning, a presentation of the Kraken Audio Network and Sports Radio 93.3 KJR-FM. Here's Mike Benton. There are plenty of questions surrounding the Seattle Kraken roster based on this chain of events. Far boards as Matty Beneers left wing side hammers it up the ice and then Beneers gets rocked and now Vince Dunn going after Sillinger. Those two exchanging blows. Yanni Gord. Throws the puck to the near corner. Big hit on the near side by Ekholm. Then it's thrown back toward the net. Now McDavid goes after Gord. Gord drops the gloves. Now with Ekholm, everybody in the goal mouth. There's even Stuart Skinner is in there now. Justin Schultz wants a piece of someone. He's taken down. Bergstrand at the bottom of a pile as Evan Bouchard will rain down over top of him. Well, this all started off the faceoff at the other end between Gord and Connor McDavid. Uh, Gord was holding his face after the fa- after the faceoff. I didn't see it happen. Yeah. But they had words through the neutral zone into the cracking end. There were a couple of stick taps to each other. I think Gord was upset. He threw a big hit in the corner. We're missing Gordo for two here. Uh, for hard play, obviously. Um, you know, we should have been by that time. We should have been on the power play. But uh, stuff gets missed. So league's evaluating it the way they're evaluating it. Comparing that to you know to the hit that Maddie took, which is for me a more violent hit. That a um, little different play and and uh, obviously a different result. I guess. And the end result is we're we're going forward without Gordo for a couple of games, and we're still without our uh, you know without uh, without Maddie. From the frustration part of it, off of you know the play I'm talking about is the the faceoff play where there's a couple cross checks. So I mean we got a guy that's uh, five foot ten that you know takes two cross checks from you know from from a star player. I get it, um, but that's a penalty. So we should have been on the power play in a one goal hockey game in that uh, in that respect. Um, you know that's not I'm not judging anything that you know moves forward from there but our group's working hard to win you know and in in that case it didn't go the right way for us so that was frustrating we got to pay attention to the things we control we don't control the the sickness and the illness whether guys are injured or available or not available we control some of the detail of our game Uh, we're gonna have to elevate that every man that's in the lineup every man that's available like I said I don't know who that's gonna be tomorrow morning we'll decide that um, and make sure the guys that are in have, you know, have proper energy to be able to go out and compete at the right level, uh, not just fighting through things. And we've got to get our detail back and make sure our competitive level is at a really high stage for tomorrow night's hockey game. That's Kraken head coach Dave Axtall as the Kraken now down Matty Beneers since last Saturday and now down Yanni Gord because of a two-game suspension. Mike Benton with you for Kraken this morning. Down two of their top three centers, the Seattle Kraken try to dig deeper and split the two-game season series against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Face off a little past 6 p.m. Pacific at Climate Pledge Arena. Everett Fitzhugh, Al Kaniski on the call. I'll join you back by the Coors Light landing for the Coors Light pregame show beginning at 5.30 p.m. Pacific time across the Emerald Queen Casino Kraken Audio Network. As of this morning, the Kraken record standing 19, 17, and 9, 47 points, and they're trying to snap a string of three straight losses. The Maple Leafs coming in, losing 5 of 6 after last night's 6-4 loss to Vancouver at 22, 14, and 8, 52 points, and playing now in their second of back-to-back games and ending a run of three games in four days. Where the Kraken are at this point from a general scale, we got a midseason check-in with Kraken GM Ron Francis right around the corner, plus also a look at the Maple Leafs and the evolving playoff picture across the NHL 
with Mick Kern, host on Under Review on Sirius XM, NHL Network Radio. All that coming right around the corner. First off, here's a refresher on the status of the Seattle Kraken roster with bodies in and out of the lineup. Matty Beneers has not played since last Saturday in a 7-4 win over Columbus. Labeled with an upper body injury, he is on IR and has missed the last three games considered day-to-day. Vince Dunn has not been seen since that game as well. Officially, no designation on his ailment. He is also considered day-to-day. Philip Grubauer, who returned to practice yesterday, Still on long-term injured reserve, he is considered week-to-week. While Jordan Eberle, Kyler Yamamoto, and Jaden Schwartz further clouding the roster picture as of this point, they did not skate in practice Saturday. They are considered questionable for today's game. Head coach Dave Axtall declining comment further on their status. Yanni Gord will also miss this game plus Wednesday's game against Chicago, originally given a five-minute major for boarding against Edmonton when he had a high hit on Matias Eckholm. Moments later, reviewed, then changed to a five-minute charging major. He was also fined just under $54,000 according to the NHL Department of Player Safety. That money going to the Players Emergency Assistance Fund. Where the Kraken stand right now, we'll find out in a matter of hours as far as the overarching scale for this season, plus the rise of Joey Decord and potentially where the Kraken could stand as far as players in the trade market weeks down the road. We caught up in a conversation before the Kraken returned to practice this weekend with Kraken GM Ron Francis in this conversation. As far as the playoff picture, Ron, let's go back to where the bar was set before this season began. Can you give us a feel with how much this team has measured up to that bar so far? Well, it's uh, it's, it's really hard to say. We haven't... Uh... We haven't played one game yet with our the full roster we thought we would start to start the season with. You know, it's not an excuse. It just is what it is. And, uh, you know, so we've had to kind of, you know, sort of dance here on our feet a little bit and make adjustments and, uh, and find solutions. And, you know, obviously the 06 and 2 spurt hurt. Uh, you know, so we lost uh, Burakovsky out and Schwartz out and, um, you know, Gruby out. And it's kind of tough uh, finding our footing. And then, we kind of found our footing and went the other way for 11-0-2. And, uh, you know, things were starting to look real good. And then, you know, we ended up losing, uh, you know, Matty Buneers and Dunn and Burakovsky in the same game. So it's been uh, it's been a bit of a roller coaster. But, uh, you know, our guys continue to fight and battle. And uh, we'll find a way to get ourselves into the playoffs. That's what we want to do. At, at this point, what does it say as far as what you've learned more about your coaching staff and the leadership in that room to be able to pull out of what was a big slump in November, then turn this thing around to nine wins in a row and points in 13 straight games. Yeah, no, I, you know, I think it's more of what we saw last year, right? Our, our group is uh, our group is a competitive group. Um, they want to win. They want to they, they want to play well for each other. They want to play well for our fans and, and city of Seattle. And uh, you know, you saw that last year. They competed hard. Um, it wasn't about who was getting the uh, the goals or the accolades, it was about us as a team being successful. And um, I know they felt a lot of frustration when things weren't going well. Um, but, um, you know, you started to see that swagger starting to come back and that sort of same sort of team game mentality during the, the positive stretch. So uh, we've had a little bump here the last few games, but, uh, you know, I'm confident our group will get her back on track. The growing word around the hockey world from this team 
is in net, and it begins with Joey Decord. What kind of progress, Ron, has he made fitting in with this team's long-term plans? Well, I mean, Joey's kind of, uh, you know, he got the opportunity because we felt he was ready for it. You know, he was one of the top goal centers in the American League the last couple of years. I mean, last season, it came within, uh, you know, <laughs> the series was heartbreaking. <laughs> you know, the four losses all by one goal multiple in by overtime in the, in the Calder Cup Finals, including Game 7. So, uh, you know, we watched his game. We felt at that point he was ready for the opportunity in the NHL. And, and uh, you know, we felt confident going into the season that the Groupie and Joey would make a, a great combination for it. Um, you know, I think it's much harder in today's game to have a goaltender play 60 games, right? And, and uh, we felt having the two of them uh, gave us a, you know, strong tandem in that regard. So, uh, Again, it's uh, it's something we think we're going to need both of them as we get down the stretch, and uh, hopefully get Gruby back and, and in the fold here uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, Philip Grubauer going on LTIR recently. How close do you feel he is at this point to coming back, and why did that move make sense to you? Well, the LTIR, we had 30000 worth of cap space, and we needed a body because we were down to 12 healthy forwards and 6 healthy D. So um, the only way to do that was to go into LTI. So. <laughs> But, you know, we're also beyond that uh, 24 days. So when he's ready to go, we can we can pull him out of that and, and it won't be an issue moving forward. So um, we'll get a better read now that we've come off the road. Um, the reports say he's been progressing uh, really well uh, on the individual workouts. And hopefully we can get him back into the fold with the team and our practices here uh, hopefully as soon as tomorrow, and uh, see where he's at and kind of go from there. Promising signs here is Ron Francis, again, cracking general manager, joining us here. And, Ron, you mentioned uh, the word health and how much has been kind of a, a tap dance issue all season long here for this team. And the good news, getting Andre Burakovsky back in the mix once again. Where's your feel right now with Matty Beneers and Vince Dunn and on their progress to get back? Yeah, it's, uh, it's always good when you get a guy that's out of your lineup back in and certainly get Andre back in last night. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, people probably forget when he got hurt last February was leading our team in scoring. So, um, you know, he's an elite player. Uh, it's been a, been a tough year for him since. Um, and, you know, when you come back, you're not going to be at that same level, obviously, because you haven't played in a year. And, and actually the way it works is a lot of times you struggle and you, and you, and you, and you get a little bit worse before – you finally start to find your footing and get better and feel comfortable with your game. So uh, just having him back out there and giving you that opportunity to start working on that progression is, is exciting for us. Um, you know, Maddie and Vince, uh, hard to really say timeline wise. Uh, you know, I think Maddie's probably out, uh, you know, a little bit longer here. Uh, kind of a day-to-day process you go through and, and uh, we'll see where, see where he is in time and then Vince uh, you know certainly we're hoping we get him back sooner rather than later you know he was our leading scorer when he went out of the lineup so a uh, key part of our team and our success so uh, we're certainly better with those guys in the lineup than without him and hopefully we can get him back in shortly. Touching base here on the pipeline as we get past the halfway point of the season elsewhere you've got quite the impressive crop growing in the amateur ranks. Carson Raykoff Jagger Furcus, Ty Nelson immediately coming to mind. Ron, what kind of benchmarks make the most sense before you and staff decide down the road that they're NHL ready? Well, and those kids are, you mentioned are still playing in junior, so there's there's a process to it, right? Uh, yeah. Rarely do the kids step out of junior and step right into the NHL, but we feel we have uh, 
you know, a great development staff in place, uh, great coaching staff in, in Coachella Valley, great facility there and, and a great environment for our players to play in. And you're seeing that this year, you know, with Wright and Winterton and Melanson and Morrison and Akavainen and Robertson. I mean, there's a lot of kids in our lineup. We went from one of the, I think the oldest teams in the league, maybe the third oldest last year to one of the younger teams in the, in the league this year. And, and, uh, you know, they're hanging in there with a fourth place spot, I think currently. And, uh, the kids are starting to play better and better, which is good to see. And, uh, you know, that's exciting for us. And then you, you mentioned some of the guys that are in the pipeline that'll roll into Coachella. You know, Raycroft still doesn't get there next year, but Nelson can get there next year. Goyak can get there next year. And, you know, the potential of, of, you know, uh, Newman and stuff. So there's, there's some good pieces really coming. Um, it's just it's a little bit different than other sports, you know, like NFL. When you draft a guy, he's you know he's twenty three, twenty four, and he's ready to step in and play. Our guys are we're drafting them. They're seventeen, eighteen, and there's a process of getting them from junior hockey to the American Hockey League to the NHL. But uh, exciting pieces on the horizon for the organization for sure. Trade deadline, it seems like Ron is getting closer and closer. How close has this team come? You think to justify making a move and putting them over the top? Yeah, I think you're always looking at um, the situation where you are health-wise, where you are team-wise, chemistry-wise, where your needs are. Um, and, you know, if there's something there, we still got, like, January, we still got until March 8th is the, is the trade deadline, right? So there's a lot of time here to see kind of how things are going and what we're doing and how our health is. And uh, But uh, certainly we've got, uh, we've got the picks and we've got the – the, the prospects, if need be, there's something that makes sense to, to push our team uh, forward, and uh, you know we're happy to do so. Well, Ron, this has been a great chat, very informative, and we really appreciate it certainly each and every time here. Uh, lastly, when we look toward the future again, uh, our eyes, and you touched on this hinting Coachella Valley, the eyes keep going to Riker Evans, who has made it now, and guys who made a cameo in the NHL in Coachella, like Shane Wright and Ryan Winterton, where do you feel their progress is with becoming full-timers down the road at the NHL level based on where, where they've been this season? Yeah, I know. I mean, so you got, you got Matty Veneris who's a young guy. you got uh, Ty Carte, who's a free agent signing, a young guy in the league. Riker has shown in the games he's been in that he can he can play and handle it. It's just a, it's a, for us managing the balance of, of making sure that if he's here, he's playing. And if he's not here, he needs to play in Coachella because we need to keep him playing on that development. But he's his future looks uh, bright for the Kraken organization. So we're excited with that. And then, you know, you talk about some of the young kids. I mean, Shane's got 14 goals down there. His shot is uh, showing to be an elite shot. So, And he's making, you know, good strides in his game and all aspects of his game. Um, you know, with the kids, it takes there's, – there's a process. They come in and they're excited and – and then it's a grind of the league. I mean, you know, at 20, 21 years old, like Shane just turned 20 uh, last mm-hmm. month. Um, you forget how young it is. And they're playing against guys that are much older, much stronger. And, and the grind of the schedule is a little tougher than, than maybe you're used to in the Ameri- or the, uh, the junior league. So there's a process to them. They, they tend to slip a little bit, and then they hopefully start coming back here. And we're starting to see that now with our younger guys the last uh, last few weeks they're starting to play some good hockey which is uh, exciting for us and look forward to seeing what they can do moving forward that is Kraken GM Ron Francis we will have more of that conversation by the way coming up on Kraken Weekly moved this next week from Wednesday to Tuesday 
7 to 8 p.m., 93.3 KJRFM. The show moved from Wednesday because the Kraken, of course, will be playing a game against the Chicago Blackhawks. More on a look here at the Leafs, plus a picture that's growing in the NHL for this season right here with a very special friend to Kraken this morning on the national scene. All right, shifting gears now on Kraken this morning. Good friend of ours, good friend of mine. This is going to be a treat. Mick Kern joining us. He's the host and a very... Very entertaining one for under review. Heard, of course, weekdays 8 to 10 a.m. Pacific, 11 to 1 Eastern on Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. Mick, great to have you ahead of the game on Sunday here for the Kraken and Leafs. Thank you for doing this with us. And I'm so tempted to turn the tables and play my favorite game with you that I hear each Friday. Yes, no, maybe so. But I might owe royalties on that. I'm not going to steal from you. So how you doing? Let's phrase it also like this. The Leafs playoff chances, hot, cold, or lukewarm? Maybe so. <laughs> okay, no, I, okay. We're back. We're back. No, <laughs> I, you know, yeah, I think the uh, – look, I still think Toronto makes the playoffs. Um, they flip-flop between third place in the Atlantic and the first wild card with Detroit, who have really come on recently. Uh, and that's what happens. Hey, when you win games, you move up. Just ask the Edmonton Oilers. Just ask the Seattle yes. Kraken. You win games, you move up. Yeah. I think Toronto does make the playoffs, but I can't tell you, Mike. I don't think they finished first. I don't think they finished second. I finished. I think they finished third in the Atlantic or in one of the wild cards. I think that's probably where they'll be. What do you think is going to happen all around this team if they do miss the postseason? Toronto, <laughs> as the REM said, it'll be the end of the world as we know it, <laughs> uh, at least in, in these sectors, because they were picked by a lot of people to finish first in the Atlantic, and a lot of the pieces have not come together. Their core five, the four forwards, and Morgan Riley on defense, they do deliver. The five guys do deliver. They may be top-heavy in salaries, but the, the Leafs are not alone in that department. With the current salary cap structure, that I don't see changing anytime soon, though the salary cap will go up. Um, the pieces they got when Bradshaw Living came over to take over as general manager, they haven't really fleshed out yet. They haven't they haven't uh, lived up to their billing for the most part. And they're still waiting for Joseph Wall, their young goaltender, to get back. Martin Jones has done a pretty good job in a sort of a pinch-hit situation, but I'm not sure I want to go into the playoffs with that. So even with Wall, who's still very young, they're untested in net in the playoffs. Samsonov looked pretty good in his return the other night when he was sent down to purgatory for a while. I just... Unless everything goes right, I don't see the Leafs going far in the playoffs. Maybe a playoff series or two. I think they make it. But you know what, Mike? Anytime you say if everything goes right, you know how the world works. Yep. Things don't all go right. Yep, yep. And the hockey gods come right back at you, Lee Corso style, and say, not so fast, my friend. That's just how the way the world yep. works here, year after year. I'm glad that you touched on Martin Jones. What a great story he was last year for this team to help keep them afloat when Philip Grubauer was out. What has he meant to the Leafs this season? He's been a surprise. He was the third goalie. He went through waivers. Nobody wanted him. He had, he's had up and downs his whole career, as you can attest to. And I don't think he's a 1A for a long period of time. But he seems like a good guy. I've never talked to him. But he seems solid. He doesn't seem to panic. And he's a solid goaltender. I don't think he's a 1A, though. I, I still don't think he's the guy that takes you to the promised land. But he has been very important to them. Because Samsonov locked the plot, much like... Uh, Jack Campbell did up in Edmonton. They both went through sort of similar things, so I think Samsonov just bounced back much quicker. And then, um, and then, as I said, Joseph Wall, the young guy, got injured. So without Martin Jones, I don't know what they would have done. He has been um, he has been a revelation for them, but I'm not going to get carried away. Uh, he's just held the fort, and as you know, 
if you can't be outstanding in that, just don't give up the bad goals. Yep. For the most part, he's done that. And we just got cracking GM Ron Francis on a few moments ago, and I think what our conversation has in common is that playoff picture thing once again. And I know this team only makes it through Toronto once a year, but Mick, what's the feel based on the Kraken, their question marks, and what they need if they're going to be a buyer down the road? Well, look, they're still in the playoff uh, hunt as we speak, as you well know. They made the playoffs in the second year last year, and that surprised a lot of people. And they play like a Ron Francis team. Now, Ron, as you know, was an extremely talented forward for first the Hartford Whalers and Carolina and Pittsburgh and all that. Uh, they don't have necessarily across the board that level of talent yet, but it's only a third-year team. They have done very well for a third-year team. And um, in that race, the traffic jam in both conferences, but since they're in the West, they absolutely can still make the playoffs. I think it's a wild card if they get in, mm-hmm. uh, unless something really bad happens. I, I think Edmonton have woken up. They are Edmonton is being oh. affected after that atrocious start. I think they are who we thought they were. I don't know if they go anywhere in the playoffs. Stuart Skinner's been really good in net. We'll see if that persists. You can't burn the guy out before you get there. Mm-hmm. But I do think there's a path to the playoffs for Seattle. I don't know who Calgary are. L.A. has really fallen. Are they going to wake back up? I don't know. Nashville kind of reminds me of Seattle in a sense. Good team, maybe a little bit underrated. But Seattle does it by committee. So the take in the East is they're impressed by how Seattle has has gotten on board to respectability so quick. But you know this, Mike. The next step is the hardest one. How do you go from respectability to being a, a, a year-by-year contender? That's only the third year, and they're in a playoff race. Uh, in two of the years, so so far so good, but how do you take the next steps? That's going to be the challenge for the Kraken. It's going to be fun to see this unfold certainly over the next couple of months here as Mick Kern joins us ahead of the Kraken and the Leafs this evening. Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews. He just keeps scoring goals. Doesn't matter when or where. Morning, afternoon, night, planet Mars, planet Earth, and he's getting into Brett Hull and Wayne Gretzky territory right now with his goal scoring production. How likely, Mick, do you think that he hit 70? Oh, it's a very good chance. He's going to hit 60 at least, what he did two years ago. Look, he had an off year last year, and he scored 40. And an <laughs> off year. I wish I had off years like that. He's, yeah, he should be a bigger star in your country. He's American-born, bred, raised, trained. This guy should be on the lips of every American school kid the same way basketball and baseball and football players. I know we're not there yet, mm-hmm. but guys like Austin Matthews are going to help get there. He's outstanding, and he's beloved in Toronto. They don't care that he's American. He's a Leaf. That's how they see it, and that's how they should see it. And the thing about him, you and I have both watched the game a long time. It's Talking about this with my 19-year-old son, Alex, who just finished playing hockey at a pretty high level, it's the sticks. The game has changed. Mm-hmm. He can take shots. The release point, Guys didn't do that back in the 70s and 80s. The six didn't allow it. He uses it as like a whippersnapper boomerang effect on the ice, and the goalies aren't ready. Well, they're starting to adjust, but the goalies aren't ready for it because usually the puck doesn't come off the stick at that point. Matthews can score from anywhere. He has a, a nose for the net the way that Michael Jordan did, I'm told, in basketball, where he knew where the basket was at every time. I've seen Matthews, and I go to every Leafs game, I've seen him score goals from weird angles because the goalie's not ready. The defense, nobody's going to shoot from there, and he does. He's got the nose for the Nets the same way Ovechkin used to. I mean, Ovechkin's having a bad year this year, but we know how good he is. He has the same nose for the net, but in a different way. Ovechkin was more explosive. Matthews is, at any point, he will surprise you with a shot. He's, he's uh, the subterfuge, and then he can do the traditional shots as well. 
He's just an outstanding goal scorer. And he's a pretty good defensive forward, too. So he's yeah. more than just a one-dimensional guy. But, you know, all Mike, if all he could do was score 70 goals this season, I'd take it. Mm, goodness, yes. He's going to be also back here for the six degrees of separation because at one point he was never a Silver Tips prospect, and they play not too far away. Of course, from Climate Pledge Arena, as again, we get set for the Kraken and the Leafs. Rounding things out, Sheldon Keefe challenging players to raise their level before a win in Calgary. And we talk about Matthews. We talk about Marner, Tavares, Nylander. Who needs the biggest bump in this second half of the season for the Leafs to be firmly entrenched in this race? Their general manager, Brad Living. He knows it, too. I always say, if I know this, they know this. They're the ones in the business. They need to shore up their defensive core. They need to. They're not going to get, you know, an Adam Fox or a Kale McCart. We know that. Those don't grow on trees. Yeah, yeah. They're going to bring in a solid D. Maybe, you know, someone from Canada, from Calgary's mentioned. If Calgary, I mean, they're hanging around the playoff race. So that's sort of delayed maybe the shedding off of players that the Flames were expected to do. But we are, you know, we're still six, seven weeks away from the trade deadline. They need to improve their defensive game, and they need Joseph Wall back, and he give him a few games to find his legs again. I don't think they're going to find another goaltender out there. I believe they think they have it in their system, so they have to imp- uh, improve their team defense and some of the buy-in for the defense. This is a team that can score at will, but you know this: as, as the playoffs come, it gets tighter and tighter to score. Then there's no scoring at will, and the Leafs have not been able to hold a lot of leads. Even the other night in Calgary, when they won, they still surrender the lead that has been an alarming part of their game so they need to tighten up their defensive game of the team finally who is the most surprising team to you in the eastern conference oh in the eastern conference well i'm gonna tell you who's most surprising uh most disappointing buffalo yeah i thought they'd be better yeah i could say it's a choice between philly and the devils philly's for Mm -hmm. positive reasons the flyers you know they're almost in first place in the metropolitan that's crazy and the Devils are, we're joking today, perennially four points out of a playoff spot. They're supposed to take the next step forward. So on a positive level, Mike, it's the Flyers, and I think they're for real. I think they're making the playoffs. And on a negative level, it's the Devils, who I still think can make the playoffs, but they haven't taken the next step we expected. Of course, you lose a Jack Hughes. That's a big blow. It is so tight in the East, so tight in the West right now, and it feels like we have a long way to go. But uh, compared to this conversation, this was 10 minutes roughly, and it felt like maybe two. Mick, I can't thank you enough, my friend. This was awesome. Go get your rest, and we'll catch you back on air soon. Sound good? Anytime, Mike. Appreciate it. All right, great to hear from Mick Kern, good friend here to the podcast and as well to the Kraken Audio Network. Mick, thanks so much, my friend. Is the Kraken again going to be facing plenty of star power in Toronto with Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, and more coming in tow. Mitch Marner, for the record, pretty tough guy to stop as far as the Maple Leafs side. He comes in with points in four consecutive games, last night reaching his 620-goal season of his NHL career. Against the Kraken, 12 points in just five lifetime games. He had a hat trick in the first matchup back in November at Toronto. In the six degrees of separation category, Stratford, Ontario native Jared McCann looking to extend his run to goals in three straight games. He comes in, leading the Kraken right now with 18 goals on the season. He's got seven points in the last five games. Going to be a fun one here today as again a four-game homestand opening up. After that, the Kraken taking on Chicago on Wednesday and wrapping things up with dates against St. Louis and San Jose. This evening, face-off gets underway a little past 6 p.m. Pacific. We're on air for the Coors Light pregame show. The 
beginning at 5.30 from Climate Pledge Arena. Hope you can join us. Big thanks once again to Kraken GM Ron Francis and to Mick Kern of SiriusXM NHL Network Radio. After the game this evening, by the way, Talking Kraken presented by Nootka Marine Adventures returns. I'll be joined by Curtis Crabtree at Fox 13 and What's Kraken. Enjoy the game for Kraken this morning. I'm Mike Benton. Happy Sunday. Your home for the Kraken. Sports Radio 93.3 KJR FM.